Welcome to the second series of The Slice, a weekly pick-me-up podcast covering everything from work woes to self-care. Brought to you by myself, Tara Starlet. And me, Megan Morass. We bring you bite-sized segments to get you motivated every Monday morning. The Slice podcast is a motivational tool to build your morning routine around, so you can start your day on the right foot and kick ass all week. Listeners, it's Tara here, just giving you a quick welcome to a very special episode of The Slice. We recorded this episode in front of a live audience with the support of Oliver Bonas. The team at Oliver Bonas have been so supportive of our work here at The Slice from the very start, so it was really nice to be able to work with them on this. This episode is in collaboration with UK Youth. Working across the country for over 100 years, UK Youth is a leading charity committed to providing access to appropriate, high-quality youth work services in every community. UK Youth want to ensure that young people are empowered to build bright futures, regardless of their background or circumstances. Through the UK Youth movement, its members build capacity, unlock funding and provide a sense of connection to young people and the youth workers who support them. We chose the topic of resilience, which is recognised by UK youth as a key pillar to emotional and social health. Each of us have our own experience with resilience. I myself lost my parents in my 20s and the knock-on effect of that was dealing with chronic illness as well as the grief. And Megan has been an absolute warrior through her own mental health struggles. And today we're joined by Leah and Roshni from The Other Box, who've learned resilience through not seeing themselves represented in mainstream narratives. We hope you enjoy this special episode. Remember, it's live, so there may be some sound differences, but regular programming resumes next week. Enjoy. Okay. Hi, everyone. Hi. (laughs) Yes, we've got a live audience with us today. We're really, really excited. And we have two very special guests, Roshni and Leah. Thank you so much for joining us. They are the founders of award-winning company, The Other Box, and we're so excited to have you with us today. Thank you. So to kick things off, do you want to just give us a quick overview of what The Other Box is? Yeah, so we set up The Other Box in 2016, mainly out of frustration around the diversity conversation, not being very reflective of people like us. It was focusing on gender, and gender was very binary. And the sort of conversation was very much focusing on women, but mainly middle-class white women. And as women of colour from working-class backgrounds, we didn't see ourselves reflected in that. So we really wanted to change that. So we did. (laughs) Yeah, so today we have a community of over 3,000 creatives uh, who identify as being othered by the mainstream narrative. So that includes women, people who identify as LGBTQIA+, people who live with disabilities, all of the above um, in intersectional ways. Um, We also, on the flip side, run courses with companies and organisations on um, the course is called Know Your Bias. It's made up of modules that deal with bias, um, jargon and various other um, situations that come up at work um, and really the the purpose of that is to make workplaces safe for our community mm. as well. So you guys must deal with resilience on a daily basis? Every single day. <laughs> and you've got some tips for us right? Yes. Yeah of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> come prepared. So, so yeah today's topic is resilience and um, 
I was doing a bit of research. Me and Megan are a bit obsessed with getting the dictionary definition of every kind of theme that we cover. Yeah. And <laughs> so I did my digging and there are, in the dictionary definition, there are two different types of resilience, which I also had in my mind as well. The first is described as the capacity to recover quickly or toughness. And the second was the ability to spring back or elasticity. And in my mind as well, I was thinking that there was like these kind of two almost dichotomies of um, resilience that there's like the kind of, oh, I'm, I'm strong and, and stiff up a lip and I can get through anything without feeling it. And then there was the other one that's like, I can feel everything and still be, str you know, strong Free. and yeah in like a very kind of like zen buddhisty like be the bamboo in the wind kind of way <laughs> bamboo in the wind yeah that's a that's a buddhist thing. is that a thing yeah. right okay cool yeah um uh so i'd love to hear from you guys what does resilience mean to you mm. do you want to take it first sure. okay i'll go first <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so I, I like to tell a little story when it comes to this kind of thing so resilience for me makes me think of um, a memory that I have of when I was doing my A-levels at, um, at uh, sixth form. And for my English course, I had to write a creative writing piece. And I recently discovered that piece back in my parents' home and I realized I had written a piece that was around um, a white male protagonist who had blue eyes. But actually I remembered the first draft I had written back when I was like 17 was about um, my first experience of getting my legs waxed. Now, I'm South Asian, I'm Indian, I'm of Indian heritage, and like body hair is, um, we're obsessed with it. So that to me felt like a very honest, authentic story to tell. Um, but I remember my English teacher looking at it, and I mean, it was ridiculous, it was silly, it was over the top, it was also funny, and like I said, true to my lived experience, and my English teacher at the time told me it wasn't good enough. And then I ended up writing this story that had this white male protagonist, and it made me realize, in my 30s, it's made me realize how even institutionally, we're told that our stories are not valid as brown women or as you know any other minoritized person. Our stories are not valid and other stories will be prioritized and awarded and rewarded as well. So for me, resilience is almost day to day being told our stories are not valid and yet feeling like we must tell our stories on our own terms. And doing it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I think for me, it's the ability to be able to adapt. And I think actually Rush and I had this conversation earlier where it's not every day you have to fight, but the ability to be able to be really vulnerable with, vulnerable with that as well. Mm. And for me, I really found my voice when I set up the other box and just finding a community of people who looked like me, sounded like me, or I had more similarities with really helped me find my voice and helped me build my resilience in that as well. So it's been a journey and I think it's, um, you have to have the right things in place to be able to be resilient. It's not just like straight away every day you have to fight from the same place. And do you think community is really key to that? Because obviously you're both talking about seeing narratives that represent your lived experience. Well, communities provide that, don't they? So do Absolutely. you think if you have a bigger community with people that have gone through your lived experience, then you can better be resilient yeah I think especially like having similarities whether it's through skin color or religion or class or just having them common uh, variables which you can identify with it just gives you so much more solidarity to your own experiences mm. to make you realize that you're not alone in whatever you're going through and that other people out there who you can share your problem with or just have other ways that which you can deal with problems as well mm. When you told me the definition of resilience, I just thought of like, I don't know, a really big muscly man. 
Yeah, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know, I it get I get this like masculine resilience. Got to have a stiff upper lip. Can't cry. Can't show new vulnerability. Can't you know tell everyone how you're actually feeling. You've got to just carry on and do it. And yeah. actually, as I get older, I'm beginning to realise that resilience is actually about releasing emotion. Because yeah, if you absolutely. hold it in, it comes out in a really bad way mm. later on down the line. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> For me, I've I've always thought of it as like surviving through things. And so I definitely resonate more with that second example of the kind of bouncing back of the elasticity. Uh, to me, it's like I've, I've been through all of this stuff and I'm still relatively yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm still on, on, you know, standing and I'm still standing. <laughs> <laughs> the resilience anthem. It truly is. God, I love it. Okay, well, that leads us on to our first segment of the podcast, morning routine. Do you guys have one? How, you know, religious is your morning routine? Is it a kind of religious process? Do you have to do it in order to have a resilient day? What What's your morning routine? Oh, Leah? my God. I, I get really stressed out with people who have, like, a, I wake up at 5 a.m. and I do yoga and I meditate for two hours. <laughs> like, I find it so stressful because I have no routine. Yeah. But I do have uh, time between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., which is my time. And it's actually in my diary as Leah time. And I can do whatever I want in that time. You give I, yourself two hours. That is sick. That yeah, is but, so good. I feel so guilty about that. You literally do that. You have a two-hour morning routine where you have a bubble bath every day. It's oh, true. my God. She's, she's so like, she's like how do you do it? She does it. I've run out of bubble baths. So. Oh, babe, sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> no kidding. Right, carry on. Yeah, so um, you have two hours. Yeah, I just think, and I can just do whatever I want in that time. I don't put pressure on myself to do anything on that. So it'll be have breakfast, make sure you brush your teeth, and if I'm working at home, put a bra on, just so I know that I'm, <laughs> when I go to work, I'm at work from 10 a.m. onwards. And I okay. think, so that's kind of like my routine, but I think I just don't put the pressure on myself because I find it very stressful. Yeah, fair enough. I'm so sick of people saying they get up at 4 a.m. Is that good for you? Yeah, well done. (laughs) Must be nice. (laughs) Um, I actually, because we have, because we work together, I see that in Leah's calendar. And I just, for me, it's a mental reminder to not bother her until Mm. 10 p.m. 10 p.m.? (laughs) What kind of working day is this? (laughs) 10 a.m. And, you know, like... I think having it in your calendar as well just allows those boundaries to be set very clearly. Yeah. It's not invasive and it's, it allows me to not be invasive on your time as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's great. I, I also tend not to have routines, but I have rituals. So I have a 15-month-old um, kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, uh, it's really important to start the day with cuddles in bed. <laughs> so cuddles are so important. <laughs> Especially because during the day, I'm like balancing all these different plates juggling plates what is it spinning 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 and juggling wearing hats juggling hats um (laughs) so to start the day in that in the zone with my um, little one in bed and I'm still breastfeeding so to have that physical contact is really important for me because um you know it might be that during the whole day he's in childcare and I don't get to see him and then in the evenings I might still be kind of working on emails and stuff and not you know, trying to engage as much as I can, um, but still often feeling that sort of mum guilt. Mm. So the morning allows, it allows me to set off, set off straight in the morning. I also make sure to, um, I'm, I'm very, I, I, I'm actually religious about not having my phone in the bedroom when mm. I sleep. Yeah, I um, know the same about that, yeah. Yeah, cause it's just for, for mental well-being, let alone mm. anything else, it's mm. so good. Because to wake up straight away and be scrolling through feeds mm. and emails and pictures and everything else, it's just 
too much it's much of too much of an onslaught on the senses mm, that's really interesting we had a, a great speaker on uh, the slice a few weeks ago about self-promotion and she was talking about how curating your feed is really good actually in the morning if you allow it to be a positive thing yeah so you use it almost as a creative input to start your day which was really interesting because I'd never even thought of that like I put off looking at Instagram for mm. at least three hours until I can like mentally cope with the fact that everybody's lives is better than mine. Um, <laughs> at first glance. <laughs> at first glance. Yeah. Um, okay, that's really interesting. So no routine and then really nice ritual routine. That's I nice. love the idea of putting it in the calendar, especially that you can see it. Um, one of the things in my life that's kind of given me resilience is uh, living with a chronic illness. Mm. And I started my uh, kind of course for recovery for that was to actually start scheduling in that time to do the kind of to balance out your draining time whether that's work or whatever mm. or, or you know busy family stuff with the actual self-care yeah. you know s slowing mm. the balancing the yin and yang and actually scheduling it in because if you don't schedule it in you don't prioritize it oh, the same way you do other things then you're like oh I didn't have time to do self-care this week yeah and and I think on the topic of resilience it's really important to to think about it as what can we do preemptively and proactively as well to make sure that we're in the best place to cope with what life throws at yeah, us absolutely. before it hits us yeah that's it i do feel as though our society is very much bandage focused as in you have an ailment then you cover it with a bandage yeah. where, where the, if you have a ritual if you have a routine of not having a routine and you have space in your day you're providing yourself with the vitamins let's say to look after yourself to be ready for when the onslaught comes actually just to kind of follow on from what you were saying though Tara like because I have a chronic illness too and I think especially coming from like creating a female founded business we um, were very mindful about um, making sure that not one person's taking on the whole load and actually sharing that and I think that's another part of resilience about being vulnerable being honest and just being like I'm having a really shit time right now can mm -hmm. you help me right or whatever it may be so I think going back to the power of community and that can be a community of 3,000 like the other box or it could be a community of three or four whatever it may be mm. just so you're not alone going through whatever you're going through it can be so empowering yeah that's mm. the community point like Megan said having that mm. support around you and 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 taking it yeah mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah taking that in yeah absolutely so our next segment is the live it list and this is our kind of takeaways our tips sing tricks. it <laughs> it's the list. <laughs> no, Megan really got into singing our section <laughs> names like they were a little jingle. Um, which okay. we don't okay. do. We've okay, grown sorry. out of. Thank you. <laughs> so the limit list is is your recommendations for the listeners, for our lovely audience here today, of things that they can do or things that have worked for you that they can implement in their life that is going to support this resilience. Mm. Should I go first? Yeah. Um, I've got so Roshni first on my phone. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, like I'm sure many others, I love listening to podcasts. They feel like these intimate private conversations um, that are happening in your ear holes <laughs> when you're on the tube or whatever you're doing when you want to run or washing the dishes. Um, and actually for me, like podcasts really got me through the early, early days of um, new motherhood when I was breastfeeding, long sort of breastfeeding sessions at one in the morning. So um, I have a list of um, podcasts I'm listening to at the moment, which are, are kind of long-time favourites. So On Being podcast, mm. I highly recommend if you're into any sort of reflective, meditative, um, 
just beautiful, unashamedly soulful conversations. Um, it sounds so nice. It is yeah. super nice. Krista Tippett, who presents it, she's just a wonder and a delight. And she asks these um, questions about spirituality to people who are not necessarily spir- spiritual people. You don't have to be a religious person to um, be as a guest. But I also write poetry, and there have been some incredible poets and writers on there mm. who um, have just made me just you know, float with ecstasy with what they're saying. Oh I mean, we can tell you our choice of words. And then, yeah, so On Being, I highly recommend. And then an old favourite is Desert Island Discs, yeah. which obviously is from the radio, but they have a podcast and their whole archive is on the podcast. Um, so had a good session in the bathtub last it's night. It's literally amazing. Have you Who listened to the Cilla Black me? one? She's <gasps> literally Cilla Black. She like she wasn't putting that on. Yeah, she is that woman. <laughs> it's <laughs> so great. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, derailing. It's yeah. really fun. Um, and it does make you think about what would be on my desert island days yeah. all the Have time. Have you played that? I've done no. it time and time again. I I've got my not. eight tracks. Have you? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't oh. decide. But but it's anyway. Yeah, it's a good exercise. Okay, we're going to do fun it. Game we'll to go try. Go it. Um, I also really loved the food program, which is again a radio program, but is a, available in podcast form too. And um, just the breadth, the way they talk about food and culture and music and soul and everything else. So. Yeah, I really love food-based things, as I'm sure, again, many people in this room and listening <laughs> do. So um, it's a it's a really great one to help me just feel calm and feel like I'm listening to a great conversation. Um, so aside from podcasts, I also journal as much as I can. Not every day. I don't have any set rules other than I must get to the end of the page. And as a writer, for me, it feels like a great exercise to just get down my thoughts in writing, to think through writing or as therapy. Um, and I have, you know, I maybe I write a once a week at least, and I have used it as a way to get through some really hard times. And often I look back on my journals and I think, wow, I do, I would not remember that detail if I hadn't written it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and things like pregnancy, you know, I remember details that I, I get to read about details that I might not have remembered necessarily, having got through it all now and now raising a little one. So for me, it's like having a conversation with my past self and my future self and um, a good practice of writing as well. And I also make it non-judgmental, so I try and keep it positive. I'm not down on myself, that's another rule actually, to make sure that I am writing positive things. Yeah, Yeah. rather than like having a go at myself about anything. Yeah. (laughs) I love the idea, I love your rule that you have to re- reach the bottom of the page. You said like, if you go over onto the second page that you then have to finish yeah. that page as well. <laughs> Even if it's like one word. Yeah, That's yeah. something that would just really like keep you going and keep that momentum going. Cause sometimes it's like it, you have to, with with journaling or, or you know, if you're, if you're doing like introspection, it, it's, it's, you really have to push to go beneath the kind of surfaces of like self protection and all of that to get into real, the nitty gritty stuff. Yeah, it's so true. Nice. You got any limitless tips Yeah. Now? Do you know what? I think at the end of this podcast, you're going to realise that Roshni and I are very different people. <laughs> um, I am, I, I don't know, I really struggle with concentration. So for me, a podcast has to be very like short and snappy. Oh, hey. Oh, babe's like, I know. So the slice is one of my favorites. Um, but also as well, like I kind of use Roshni as a filter. So I'm like, babes, watch something I'm gonna like, and then she'll give me some recommendations. And usually she gets it right. Um, so I'd say for me, I really enjoy Oprah soul sessions. Cause like obviously Oprah, she can pull in some 
pretty sick guess. Um, and then also as well, things like Girl Boss as well, like mm-hmm. entrepreneurial on the startup podcast, stuff like that. But I really, again, struggle with podcasts, other than Slice. So <laughs> what I do is I really like uh, YouTube TED, is it TED, TEDx clips? Yeah. Like I yeah, love TED, TED, um, TED videos, like, because they cover all sorts of topics. I just like to like see what I'm looking see what I'm listening to I guess you can get down a real rabbit hole as well it's true many rabbit holes recommendations yeah keep coming yeah the algorithms Um, yeah (laughs) so um so Ted and then also as well like I completely like neglected the my love for nature so I'm from Manchester and like I'm surrounded by nature and then I moved to London and I forgot that I love trees (laughs) (laughs) and then I went to um I live behind a really beautiful park and I was going through a really stressful uh few weeks a few months ago and I just went and sat in the park and it was raining and I just sat there with my thoughts and I was like, holy shit, like, I miss this. Like, I really mm. miss just being around nature and it was quiet and I just was alone with my thoughts. So for me, immersing myself in nature is so important. I, I at least try to do that once a week. Mm. And I bought some more plants for my flat as well, which helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's 100% my coping mechanism when I'm in that moment of like, about to have a nervous breakdown is that I have to go. I live near the Heath. I go to Hampstead Heath, and I like to take oh, my hey, shoes off. Oh, really? Oh, babe, yeah. <laughs> um, someone once told me, or I heard once a recommendation or something about um, uh, to take your you take your shoes yeah. off and put your bare feet on the ground, and then you can really like it's like the earth wire in yeah. you know you can really let that energy go, and I do like a, a kind of meditation guided meditation of or visualization of like anything I don't need offer it up to the earth and I like to get really like visual with it like I I like to talk about compost and like that the earth needs like the real dark stinky shit oh wow she Alan Titch Marshall she <laughs> can t- oh Char- Charlie Dimmock please yeah. <laughs> and like mother earth will take all of your dark festering shit and she will turn it into like beautiful blessings for the world wow. and I feel like when I have that approach to it I don't feel because you can feel if you like go and vent with your friends or yeah. something like that you can feel this sense of like guilt that you're actually not you're not being freed of that yeah, by absolutely. sharing it. You've then got this guilt that you've dumped it on someone else. But when I give it to the earth and I imagine this thing, it just feels so like I'm actually contributing something yeah, positive. But just like, even like in amazing. the summer when you're in the park and you take your shoes off and you just put your feet in the grass, like how nice does that feel? Yeah. And I think um, that's why Londoners are so miserable. Like they're not doing that <laughs> enough. London is one of the greenest cities in Europe. You know what? I was just, just about to say that. Can I give it a, um, a live it list yes, tip please. on resilience? Okay, cool. I find when I'm having a challenging time where I need to be resilient, I need to remember that I cannot run at the same capacity that I can run at when I'm not yeah. being resilient. Hundred. So I have I can't go out and get pissed and have loads of fun and go to bed really late and get up really early in the morning and work twenty four seven and do a hundred percent octane. Something's got to give. Something's yeah. got to give, mm. and it's really important to remember that that you can't be perfect the whole time, especially if you're going through, not that I am perfect, obviously I didn't mean that, slip of the tongue, guys. But but you you, hold yourself to perfection. Yeah, yeah, you try and do your best, don't Mm. you? So it's also really important to remember when I'm going through a tough time that I can't do my best and that's okay. Yeah, appreciating your boundaries as well. Let yourself off the hook. Oh, get off that hook. (laughs) Okay, so we're moving on to our next section, pulp fiction (laughs) Uh, okay so this section is all about myth busting on resilience 
So basically, it's all the fake news and shit that you've heard people say about resilience through your life that mm. right now you want to break the myth, myth on. You're like, that is not true about resilience. It is not all these things that we've heard. Mm. Do you know what? I think the first one that comes to mind is actually what you said before. Like the first thing that came to your mind was like big, strong yeah. men, stiff upper lip, whatever. Because actually, it's like the conversation that I had with Roshni earlier, like about being really, really vulnerable. Yeah. And just understanding that we're all on our own journeys as well. And like, just, just stop comparing yourself to other people. It's so hard though. Yeah, it is so hard. And I think that's why I completely Mary Condoed my Instagram and got rid of anyone who made me feel shit about myself. Yeah. Like, honest to God, it made me feel so much better. Yeah. So Mary Condo really your tip. Instagram, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I like that because it's like taking responsibility and checking yourself. Like, what makes someone else feel shit might not make you feel shit yeah. and what and you know same vice versa but to, to have that level of self-awareness and yeah. responsibility mm. for yourself like that is literally on your phone and no one else's that that curation that you've created it's it's yours to control and it's yours to take what you need from it and and not anything else yeah and actually now that they've got the mute option what people, sorry what the whole mute <laughs> option on instagram no one even like needs to know Do that you, know you know them I do not know. I just love people. how both of you were like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> so, what option? So basically, like their stories or their posts are hidden from your feed, but you're still following them. Oh, oh my god! It's about to change your life. Yeah. That is literally <laughs> so no unfollow guilt. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Love it. Rushni, if you want to bust any myths bust. on resilience? Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about uh, the myths of motherhood and resilience um, for sure, and. You know, mums have been doing it since forever, and I'm only 15 months in, but you just find that there are all of these myths and, and archetypes and stereotypes placed on you of what a mother should be, and actually the lived reality of that is so different. You, you do need to be able to accept, ask for help and accept for help, and I think that is really like part of resilience as well, because to do that, you need to know yourself really, really well, mm. and also not have any pride and also get past all those myths about being able to handle it all on your own or being a martyr and a mother. Um, and and yeah, I think the thing I've learned is just to have a community around me. And again, it comes back to community all the time for us, definitely for me and Leah, is like to have that. And I like that, that, that phrase is well known, the like, it takes a village to raise a child. It's mm. so true. But I also think like, we never really talk about what that actually means. Yeah. And what it, what we mean by a village is not just like your immediate family or your nuclear family. It is friends, it is sisterhood, it's siblinghood, it's work colleagues like Leah and the team, the other box team. I have to be really honest and they have to really search into themselves for kindness. Mm -hmm. And we're building a, a team culture that is about creating this space. And I think, Megan, you've talked about space as well, like creating the space yeah. to um to be as generous and kind to each other as well and with us like while still trying to run a business it's a fine balance but yeah I think definitely like that's one of those myths I think is worth busting definitely mm. I think asking for help is such an important skill to have when you need to be resilient I, mm. I feel like that strong man thing that we seem to be thinking of mm. he wouldn't have a problem asking for help He'd roll up to someone maybe and be he like, would, maybe Yo, his ego would get in the way. <laughs> no, never. Um, yeah, asking for help, I feel like, is a really big thing. And um, on this, this, uh, this vulnerability bit, <laughs> sorry, my words are failing me. <laughs> uh, we always, I mean, 
it's rare that we go an episode without recommending Brené Brown. It's true. But the work that she has done on explaining that idea of vulnerability and courage is just so great that I would urge anyone who uh, hasn't already watched her things to uh, go and dig them out, especially if you're not sure what we mean when we say um, vulnerability and, and the kind of strength and bravery that's in that. Yeah, big time. Okay, so our next section is the quote o'clock section. So this is a quote that you live by or concept that you mantra, whatever, that, that gets you through. But um, this is also the one part of our uh, podcast where you don't have to... It doesn't have to be on theme unless you want it to be. <laughs> but it must be motivational. Okay. Uh, my quote is, um, I deserve this and I am worthy of... Everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think especially like what we're doing through the other box is that we're we're pushing boundaries, we're pushing narratives, we're pushing conversations, and it can be a really lonely place when we we can't see people who've done similar things to us. And so even like just obviously coming from my background as well, like some of the situations that I've got myself into, I'm like, why am I even here? Like why like why am I invited onto this podcast? Like why are they asking me to do these things? But actually remembering that. Um, but I deserve it mm. yeah. and I work really hard and on that as well there's another quote that I live by which is you can't make a pound without a hundred pennies and I think that is a smashing yeah <laughs> it's got so many different meanings yeah for sure and I think especially like we're the work that we're doing now is gonna like it's gonna pay off and just to keep going so I think especially when it comes to resilience and pushing through keeping it, going is yeah good. like it really helps on one of our previous episodes our guest uh spoke about if you have a big goal um to think about what one percent of that goal looks yeah. like and try to do that each day and it's like the same kind of thing like you can't make that goal the pound yeah. without a hundred also like celebrating yourself as well actually one of the when me and Rashni first started she told me to keep a list of all the times I felt great doing the things that we're doing. So it could be a meeting that we smashed or it could be the fact that when we earned our first bit of money or whatever it was, keep a list of it. Because when we're having them really shit days where we're like, why are we doing this? Like, it's so hard. We can look back at all these achievements, big and small, mm. and be like, yeah, we deserve it. Let's ask yeah. for more money, let's do it. <laughs> oh my God, we've stopped doing that. We need I to know. get back into it. No, shame on us. <laughs> yeah, get back on that wagon. Celebrate yeah. tree wagon. <laughs> That's amazing. That's really good. What's your quote, Roshan? Um, mine is uh, literally a mantra from the Hindu um, holy book. Well, there's many books, but the Bhagavad Gita, which is based on a massive battle. Um, and uh, the kind of context of it is Krishna, the god that many of you may know about through the Hare Krishnas, but he's like <laughs> advising um, one of the main warriors of this massive, epic battle. Anyway, uh, context, done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> the, quote, <laughs> the quote is, therefore the doubts which have arisen in your mind out of ignorance should be slashed by the weapon of knowledge. And I actually sought out this quote when I was about 14. I like flicked through the index of the Bhagavad Gita and found it and I thought wow this feels really true and then I went and made sure I could read all the books and get all literally all the knowledge that I could and I still am very much about seeking out knowledge and perspectives but over time especially now that I'm in my 30s I've realized that that knowledge is much more about knowing myself mm -hmm. more than anything else because we grow, we grow up to 
put like put in all these barriers and and kind of project and we're taught we're conditioned to kind of ignore our own feelings or ignore our own reactions to things that are happening out there especially as women especially as women of color mm-hmm. and over time I've learned to like peel away those layers and really come to know myself and that's an ongoing journey um but yeah I think about it a lot and I think about what other bits of knowledge that I can have about myself that would allow me to feel more um I guess resilient actually or stronger or more firm in my feet when I go out into the world yeah well that's interesting so you see you see being like really sure sure of yourself as a, an integral part to being resilient yeah i love i love what you're saying right now about the knowledge of yourself because i can see it in everything that you've recommended like even <laughs> like the journaling and the the morning routine and everything it's like this it's built into the fabric of your day it's like you know I wish you deeper. guys could see the I just declared too much to be a podcast host Megan's <laughs> always like she's currently doing this <laughs> thank you that was really really good okay so the next section is the pet to the people so hard not to sing that one um, so basically this is like the agony sister or mister because we have some men in the audience. How exciting. I think it's still the sister because you're the, the person who's say, who's giving the advice is that I can be a mister. Okay, if you want. I mean, um, to each their own, <laughs> always. No, okay, so this is the agony section of the podcast where we um, speak about anyone that has a question to do with resilience. Um, I know that you guys had some already. If not, we can speak to our lovely audience. Reminder, they're here in the room. Hi, audience. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, does anyone have a question about resilience that they would like to ask Leah and Roshni? Don't be shy. <laughs> I think Colette's got one coming in from social. Yeah. I can see her tap, tap, tapping away. How can I stay strong in a male-dominated creative industry? Competition between women is stressful. Oh. Oh, sorry. It's really bad. It's true. It's true. It's stressful. It is really true. Yeah. Um, hmm. Just repeat the question. Yeah. How can I stay strong in a male-dominated creative industry? So what we, what I always say to my uh, my mentees, is to find allies within your company. And so that could be anyone from senior leadership, but someone in that company that you know has your back. And especially I say this to a lot of my mentees who are women of color, that it can be very lonely without when you're having to battle against gender, but as well as race and then religion and then class and then age and then all the other things where you feel like you're constantly battling the odds. But finding mentors within a company, finding them allies can really help um, not only with your own career progression but just making you feel like you belong there as well um, but also as well the allyship will help you just amplify your own voice within the situations too so I think especially like it can feel like you're very silenced and so having senior allies can really just help amplify that too mm-hmm. and if this person did take that advice how would you suggest them approaching those senior allies because in a workplace someone could feel a little bit intimidated mm-hmm. approaching their line manager or their boss or you know, their CEO or whatever, in terms of providing a bit more support for them? Mm. How, how would you suggest they go about that? I think um, just ask for a coffee. 
to yeah. say I'm this is a situation or I'd really love to get to know more about the role what you're doing please can we have a coffee people it's the most senior you get especially in across the creative industries they love talking about themselves <laughs> and so they'll have they'll take any opportunity to do that so for me I think just asking them for a coffee to start with is a really great way to start that conversation and then trying to like if you want to formalize that relationship into a mentoring relationship as well mm-hmm. and on the topic of like feeling like there's competition and how to cope in in a competitive environment if you're not comfortable being there um i would say like the the best thing to do is hard obviously but just be always reminding yourself that you're not in that competition if someone is competitive that's their shit and always remind yourself like there that's a that's a hard struggle they're setting themselves up for but you don't need to enter into that game with them Mm. they're playing it with themselves and as long as you don't rise to it like a, a, a competitor needs an opponent so as long as you don't allow yourself to become their opponent then it, it, it will fizzle out and just always remember that um, you know lead treat others how you wish to be treated and try as best you can to lead by example mm-hmm. but mm. let yourself off the hook if you do yeah succumb so to the pressures yeah. <laughs> that takes a lot of self-work though mm. to do that self-work and practice and practice yeah for sure And I think like there are definitely in the creative industries, there are loads of amazing networks Um, like we set up the other box for that reason, precisely. And there are a few others as well. But, you know, with the other box, we find it's a place where people can come and bring those issues and just literally just to be like, am I imagining this or is Mm -hmm. it a thing? And even just having that tiny bit of validation helps you feel stronger when you go in to work the next day. Um, Yeah, I think that's. All I've got to say about that. <laughs> that was nice. Go join the other box, guys. <laughs> yes. Have we got any more? Yeah. What can I do to help others be resilient whilst also being sensitive to their feelings? Give them a hug. Yeah, I think li- uh, we all listen actively. Listen actively. Listening. Fucking hell, I hate it when people can't actively listen. <laughs> Do you want to explain what actively listening is? I think for me, actively listening is listening actually with your heart and not thinking, not just listening with your ears and be like, okay, what can I say to this? What can I say to this? But truly listening to what someone is saying, mm-hmm. and it's a practice because I think we're so used to having conversations where we're uncomfortable with silence, so we feel like we have to jump in and say the next thing. So truly listening and with kindness and empathy can make a huge difference in that as well mm-hmm. yeah and and with your body as well so with your heart and your mind and your body language showing that you're open making sure your arms and your legs and your limbs are not crossed mm. giving them eye contact um, um put, you know showing your whole kind of facing your whole body towards them and also um just saying i hear you is really important mm. i think and to add to that if you are kind of if you find yourself in a place where you are fixating or obsessing over trying to fix someone else and trying to solve someone else's problems i would highly recommend researching melody Beatty's work on codependency mm-hmm. and so that you can free yourself of that cycle because everyone each of us is our own responsibility and um everyone's doing their own work everyone's trying to be the best version of themselves everyone has their own kind of higher power or uh, goals or whatever that they're trying to work towards and really our only responsibility is ourselves Absolutely. Mm. yeah you can't fix everybody yeah. 
Um, and it's really hard when you just want to try and fix everybody, but you can't get yourself into that situation. And it's very common that the more you want to try and fix other people, the more work you have to do on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and that's actually where I think advice can go completely westward. Yeah, yeah in so a bad true. way. You know, if someone comes to you and they're like, oh my God, I'm having a hard time, just saying, I'm so sorry to hear that. Tell yeah. me about it. Mm-hmm. Rather than, have you tried this? Yeah. Have you considered yeah. doing this? Have you done Absolutely. this? Oh my goodness. Especially if, if they don't take your advice, if you're then going to feel in some way resentful Insulted, about that, yeah. then that's really just not a good road don't to go it. down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really hard practice of boundaries. But also like learning your no as well and learning how to say no. You can still say no with kindness, but like you said, like not having to go straight into it with, Here's some advice, but just listening rather mm. than being like, do this, this, and this. Yeah. And that is a practice. That is a practice. <laughs> oh. Have we got time for any more? We've got time. Very <laughs> <laughs> You've got the clock, so I'm like, I know. Megan, are we good? You well, just tell no. me when I need to wrap up. Okay. <laughs> One more. Go on then. Have we got any more? Yeah. Colette's I... got them all. <laughs> How can I develop my resilience at work in the face of negativity and criticism? Ah, uh, <laughs> sure. I always go to my fuck it fund. <laughs> Honestly, so I went to an event about a year and a half ago, and there was a senior woman from the industry called Vicky Maguire who talked about a fuck it fund, which is basically a three month salary that you build up. And so, if you're ever in a toxic situation, uh, a job, yeah, I you've got three months salary to fall back on. Yeah, and I just think life's too short, and especially with retirement getting pushed back further and further. And we're going to retire when we're 150. <laughs> I, th- I just think like life's too short to be in miserable situations. Like it's just too that short. is true. But I think before you get to the fuck it fund, you should try and confront confront the situation. Mm, it's you, hard. It, it is really hard. But I do, I do kind of feel as though let's let's take this from the viewpoint of resilience do you think that okay i'm thinking positively do you think if you can confront that situation in a really kind of peaceful manner and it does because you are able to overcome it with that person that's going to build your resilience a lot more yeah than um getting to the fuck it fund at the beginning because don't i've got a fuck it fund i'm ready for the (laughs) i'm not dissing on the fuck it fund i just think I know confrontation is really difficult and I know we do try and avoid it certainly now. I think we're becoming more introspective. Mm. We're very much in our soulless environment. I think that having conversations can be so powerful. Yeah. And and can also if you are going into them actively listening and just being vulnerable and saying what you've said is actually upset me. Yeah. It, that can be so very powerful yeah. to the person that is just used to giving you crap. If that if that person's willing to listen and change their behaviours. I know, it's a tough mm. one. Yeah. And and I think actually going back to the first question where it was like if you have allies within an organization who yeah. can support you on that, it can it can make the world of difference. Yeah. But if you don't mm. have that it's life's too short to be in a miserable situation. Yeah, mm. I agree. Okay, so the advice is get some allies. Mm. Talk to the allies about whether the person's worth it or not, and if not, build a fucking fund. Yeah. <laughs> Can I add to that? Yes. Um, I think uh, another thing that could be useful is, and yeah, I think just write down if you can write down a, a list of those negative moments mm. where you have felt actually genuinely uncomfortable. And then ask ask for a mediated conversation, so you have a third part neutral party to um, have that com- yeah to kind of be there as an objective uh, perspective on this conversation. 
and coming with examples like Leah and I have demonstrated this and been able to work through some things ourselves in that way not that we're dealing with negativity but we are dealing with growth yeah um and yeah sometimes to have the clear examples and to then be able to speak through what it was about that specific situation that made you feel deeply uncomfortable and use terms that are not accusatory but actually more about the situation yeah then that then there's less opportunity for that person to be defensive about it yeah. but actually to see the bigger picture yeah by saying mm. you this made me feel like this rather than saying you said this totally yeah, yeah. or even mm. you made me feel like this yeah because yeah. that because nobody has <laughs> control over how we feel no not at all and i would add to that that um if you know to remember that usually highly highly critical people are really critical of themselves and that to when when they're expressing that outside that um if it if it helps you to to feel a sense of like forgiveness and empathy to understand that they're probably their mind within themselves is also quite mean and harsh to themselves as much as it is to you um and then to uh try this practice of if, if it's for example a colleague at work and you know you're going to have to be around them and it's just annoying little digs and microaggressions or, or little nit, nitpicking criticisms before you go into interacting with them if you can take some time in the bathroom or something and just visualize like a white light and above your head and visualize uh, pushing your hands into it and pulling it down like a cloak so that you have this kind of protective force field take some nice deep breaths so I that you feel you. like anything will just like ping off you like and and remember it's the same thing again like that's their shit yeah, yeah. Especially if you've got, if you've also got the space to have this conversation, to be open to any constructive criticism that could be really healthy and valid. Mm. Okay, so thank you. <laughs> I got the okay from Megan to wrap up. <laughs> um, so thank you everyone for listening, who's tuning in at home, and thank you everyone here in the room with us today. Thanks for keeping it as quiet as you could. Um, obviously, huge thanks to Leah and Roshni from The Other Box. If you want to go and follow The Other Box on Instagram, it's at underscore The Other Box. And Leah's also there at Leah, spelled L-E-Y-Y-A-X. And we've got Roshni at, at R-O-S-H-N-I, G-O-Y-A-T-E. Yep. Beautiful. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Slice. A new episode drops every Monday at 6am. Whether you're dealing with a wellbeing challenge or need some inspiration at work, the Slice is here to get you motivated and ready to step into your power. We are on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Just search The Slice Podcast. I've been Tara Starlet, your resident wellness warrior, community marketing expert and growth guru. You can follow me at Tara Starlet. And I've been Megan Morass, your resident motivational mentor, business owner and power pep talker. Follow me at Megan Morass. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week for the next slice.